We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. All right, guys, we're rolling on with our previews for the American League East. Uh, This is going to be dropping on opening day. So we are playing the Blue Jays. It actually works out beautifully in the way uh, our schedule worked out with with Arden Zwelling. Arden Zwelling is coming back on the show. Man, I think this is like the third year in a row. I think we did two opening days last year because of uh, all the nonsense. Um, But welcome. Welcome back. Uh, uh, Arden is at Arden Zwelling on Twitter and is with Sportsnet uh, Toronto. But welcome back, man. Hey, good to be here, man. I think it's going to be a, a more interesting year for the Blue Jays and the Yankees matchup. So maybe it's been in the last couple. So that's exciting. Yeah. You know, it's funny because last year, I think I was more optimistic with the team than than yeah. uh, than you were going into <laughs> it because of that young talent. And, you know, we did see how they, they I'd say they took a, a good step forward in just the way that they developed. And um, even the pitching staff this year is super interesting because it's it's getting younger. Uh, uh, your boy Nate Pearson that you were talking about very high on last year really showed, um, and I know he's dealing with a, a little bit of a bug right now. But but I mean he he definitely be, looks like he could be that horse uh, that Toronto could have for a long time. And then uh, I know you guys have had some uh, some prospects uh, pitching pretty well in spring. So yeah, man, just uh, general thoughts. I know you guys are still kind of in flux with where your home is. I guess for the uh, uh, home at Dunedin through May is is the last I heard, but. What's the uh, what's the latest uh, on the on the team and, and where you guys are going to be? 
Yeah, so they will be in Dunedin playing out of uh, that minor league ballpark, basically where they've had their spring training games uh, for the first couple months of the season. And then at that point, they hit a, a little bit of a fork in the road where there's a couple different avenues that they can take. And that's all dependent on a lot of things that are out of their control. And that's obviously how the pandemic progresses here in, in Canada and how we get vaccines rolled out here. And I don't know you know, how much people have been paying attention to the vaccine rollout in Canada, but it's not been quite as uh, efficient and, and expeditious as it has been south of the border. So that's been a little bit of uh, of a hurdle. And, and then, you know, so the, the, just kind of looking at what type of decisions public health officials are going to make, what type of policy government's going to enact. The Blue Jays want to get back to Toronto, but it just might not be realistic come June, July. And the thing about Dunedin in June, July, for anybody who was actually been there is that it is no bueno for playing yeah. baseball. It is hot as hell. Every day you get like a 3 p.m. insane monsoon thunderstorm. So the Blue Jays at that point are going to need to find a solution. So if at that point, if they can't come back to Toronto, uh, they'll likely make a pit stop in Buffalo, play out of Salem Field, which obviously they played out of last year. And that pit stop could be for a month, could be for two months, could be for the remainder of the season. You know, from there, it will depend on when they can get back to Rogers Center, which is the ultimate goal here. So I would say like most likely scenario is two months in Dunedin, a month or two in Buffalo. And then the end of the season, you know, second half of August, September in Toronto. But there is also a possibility that is just Dunedin and Buffalo. So a lot of it's up in the air. And just, I mean, I, I, you know, with the way that the the uh, Canadian government has been so strict with, you know, leaving and, and entering the country, and rightfully so, I mean, you guys definitely, uh, I think, for a lot of this handled it the right way and, and really to like, we're just, the U.S. did their thing, you guys did a very different thing. But I have a feeling traveling into the, into Toronto will, could be, uh, you know, a big issue, not just the, the Blue Jays going in, but like, it sounds like it's a bit of a logistic uh, nightmare to even to get back into Toronto unless we get just full-blown, you know, uh, herd, uh, a herd immunity, you know, in the both countries and everybody feels good about it. But that seems like a tall task. Yeah. I mean, look, we were doing well with it. I think last time we talked, which would have been, you know, yeah. last like, yeah, March, April, whenever going into the last season, so it would have been around June, June, July. Yeah, almost July. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, we're not doing so well anymore, man. To be completely honest with you, where I live in Toronto, like the variants are out of control. We're looking at entering another lockdown. I mean, we have a very significant third wave right now. Uh, yeah, I think just the fatigue has, has worn on people, and yeah. and you know we're we're seeing ICUs filling up, and a lot of the mitigation efforts have kind of gone by the wayside, honestly. So I think the biggest thing for us is just going to be vaccine rollout and getting needles in arms, and we haven't done that to uh, you know to a dude good degree to this point uh i hope that that is going to increase over like the spring and summer and hopefully we can get enough needles and arms to a point where government says okay we can bring in ball players and you know we can figure out sort of a modified quarantine for the visitors coming into toronto and we could do this as safe as possible with as little risk to public health as possible but i mean i you know sitting here today in, in march i just cannot predict what it's going to be like so that that's going to be the biggest factor i think it's just vaccine rollout all right, so let's uh, let's hit on this team. Blue Jays were were active, very active in the offseason, made some big splashes. Uh, looks like they they secured uh, you know these veteran guys around these around these young guys, which you know I, I, Yankees fan be damned like not look, going outside that scope. I love the 
the thought of that. That's that's to me how you build championship teams is by surrounding really good young talent with some veteran guys that know how to do it. That's exactly what they did with bringing in George Springer and Marcus Simeon. Um, so yeah, on the just staying on the offense side right now, what are your thoughts on how they constructed their offseason, just the the different acquisitions they made and and the structure of the makeup of the team right now? Yeah, the Blue Jays, I think, entered the offseason with a number of different avenues that they could pursue. Like, I don't know that they went out saying, we have to get George Springer or we have to get Marcus Simeon. I think they're completely fine with those outcomes. But I think there's a lot of different ways this offseason could have played out. And I think that anybody who reads MLB Trade Rumors got used to seeing Blue Jays finish second on. You know, Blue Jays interested in, Blue Jays make bid for. It's a lot of those headlines. I mean, your boy DJ LeMayhew, Blue Jays were right there, made a very aggressive bid for him, obviously ended up returning to the Bronx. But you can think about early in the offseason, Blue Jays made an aggressive bid for Kevin Gossman. They made him a three-year offer. Uh, he ended up going back to the Giants on, uh, you know, on the one-year deal that he got. Ha-Song Kim, the Blue Jays were, were in on him. I mean, you can really just take almost anybody from that sort of, you know, top couple tiers of, of MLB free agency. And, and you will see that the Blue Jays were active and involved on them and thinking about bringing them in. So I think there's a lot of, they basically just kind of let the offseason come to them and, and set their, their, uh, you know, expectations or, or just their, you know, where they were willing to go on certain guys. And if they couldn't get guys for their price, they were fine to move on to their next alternative and where that led was George Springer, which is a pretty good outcome. You know, he signs the yeah. biggest contract of, of the offseason, and he's obviously an incredible player. And then you can look at, you know, what he did post-cheating scandal in 2018, 2019, 2020, and, and see that the numbers are still there, even when he, you know, as we understand it, didn't know what pitches were coming anymore. So, right. you know, and so he's a guy who's obviously proven himself at the big league level and who fills such a glaring need for the Blue Jays in center field where they they had Randall Grichuk last year. They've had Teoscar Hernandez at times. Um, you know, they've had subpar defense there. The offensive production has been okay. But, you know, if you kind of looked at the projections going into 2021, the big glaring weaknesses were starting pitching in center field. And the Blue Jays just crossed one of those off lists in a big way. And then the kind of the under the radar signing that you mentioned was Marcus Simeon for a year and $18 million, a guy who the Blue Jays are betting is going to be a lot more like 2019 Marcus Simeon, who was an MVP finalist. 2020 didn't go his way. Uh, he, he started the year with an injury, tried to play through an oblique issue, you know, had a slump. And the thing is, in a 60-game season, like if your first 20 to 30 games aren't the best and you're not able to perform the way you can because of injury, well... That kiboshes your entire season numbers. But you look at what he did in in the playoffs for Oakland, um, you kind of wonder if there were 100 more games or 102 more games in that season, might he have gotten back closer to the guy who he was in 2019? We'll never know, but the Blue Jays make like what I think is a completely reasonable bet on a bounce back on him right now. And he really does help their, their infield a great deal. He's not going to play shortstop like he did in Oakland. He's going to play second base, but he is going to provide... Some very needed protection for guys like Bo Bichette and Kevin Biggio around the diamond. Yeah, that's the big thing with him. Like I, I've never really doubted his bat. His defense, obviously, early in his in his career was completely dog shit, <laughs> and he made a he made a complete rebound in that area, which is which is very you know that's telling on how a guy works. I think because that's a lot of reps like to clean that up because he was not good. He was not good, and then he became pretty good and, and above average. I'd say. Uh, we saw that on our end with uh, with a guy like Clint Frazier, who I think did a similar rebound defensively, which was, it, it takes a lot of reps and dedication, I think, to get that done. So um, 
to me, that speaks well to the player. But his, his bat's always been one of those constant. And you're right, a short season, especially with an oblique, like you almost have to press at that point too, because there's no other. You're not. You you can't wait it out because of the season is short. So you might as well just like push through it. And if you don't, then that's it. The season's over. So uh, it's hard to take. I, I've been conveniently using 2020 as a throwaway or or to support my argument and depending yeah. on what the conversation is <laughs> because it's because it can be both really. Um, but no, I think that you, you're right, man. Like those those two guys add such protection as well, and just like you know, veteran guys who have been there before Springer especially. Um, in big situations uh, that I think is going to be so good for uh, the the Blue Jays' young young players and all those guys, their bats are really coming around. So it was a smart move by the Blue Jays. Yeah, you know, Semyon was at a point where he couldn't take BP. Like, that's how bad it was. Like, he just felt yeah. like he, you know, couldn't get through that. And he was spending, you know, inordinate amounts of time on the trainer's table just to play in games. Like, I do wonder if looking back on it, he kind of wishes he had just taken an IL stint, right? But, the, you know, at the same time, if you're going to miss two weeks in, uh, you know, a two-month season, like, that's a big chunk of time, right? And yeah, he's thinking definitely. about going into free agency and, and wanting to, you know, show health and, and have a good platform going into it. I mean, think about if this guy hit free agency after 2019, think about, you know, the kind of money that he would have uh, that he would have gotten and, and the type of multi-year deals that he would have had available to him. So, you know, the Blue Jays honestly looks like they get a, a real bargain here, assuming that he he stays healthy and he's the guy that he's been. And like you said, if Bo Bichette has an injury at shortstop, you know, Bo Bichette has had a, a couple of nagging things over the last couple of years um, that, that have held him out. Now you're replacing him at short with like a much higher level of production than you would have been otherwise. So like that's a really big benefit for to uh, to the Blue Jays. All right, so uh, you touched on the the young guys. We're all very familiar with the the Bichette, Guerrero, Biggio. Biggio maybe uh, I don't know. So the surprise of the three, uh, uh, you know, really just just uh, coming out as 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 the name so far. I mean, yeah. the other two obviously are no slouches by any means, but I think you're definitely getting more than than what was expected from him. Um, which is scary for other teams, I think, because there's going to be a lot of these guys for a very long time in the AL East, um, and and if they have some offense around them, it's going to be a it's going to be a problem. But um, for everybody else, <laughs> not for you guys, <laughs> going to the pitching side though, uh, Ryu coming in is going to be pitching uh, tomorrow. Well, as people are listening to this today, opening day, uh, nice matchup between Ryu and um, and Cole opening day. Uh, I like the fact that these two are going up on 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 our opening day. It's a nice little. Uh, litmus test from day one, which is which is cool. But can you talk more about the uh, the rest of the rotation? Um, I know you guys have some injury bugs uh, happening as well, but yeah, what's the the rest of the rotation shaking out to be? Yeah, it's funny because I think the real litmus test will be the next couple of games because, like, look, I know that Hunjin Ryu is good, right? Like, we yeah. know that he's going to be there and that he's going to pitch effectively. It's do the Blue Jays have other guys behind him who are going to be able to pitch effectively? And and the Blue Jays have had a couple of really tough injuries in the rotation in spring. Um, Nate Pearson, who you were mentioning before, like top prospect, one of the top right-handed pitching prospects in baseball, not just with yeah. Blue Jays, uh, has had a groin issue this spring. He originally thought he got got over it, got on a bullpen mound, and then had a setback with it. So now the Blue Jays are being a lot more cautious with him, and he's not going to be ready for opening day, and he's a guy who the club was really depending on this year. Because as you mentioned, when he was healthy last season, I mean, he was 
untouchable. Like you, he threw He'll two innings in in that playoff series against the Rays, which is like hardly a series. It's just a demolition by Tampa uh, of Toronto. But he threw two innings in uh, in relief in one of those games that were like lights out, like untouchable. So uh, it, that's that's a big one for the Blue Jays. And then Robbie Ray as well has been hurt. He actually had a freak accident at his uh, at his rental in Florida. He fell down the stairs while carrying his his son and and in kind of you know protecting the child sacrificed himself ended up banging up his elbow uh so we we're not really sure when he's going to be ready to return blue jay's been a little you know cagey with the information on on that one it's not like a an injury that we saw so it's kind of hard to gauge but he hasn't been back on a mound since which is which is not good particularly considering he was having a really good spring i mean he was in the zone which is not something that Robbie Ray often has been in his career. Yeah. He's throwing strikes. The strikeouts were there as they always are with him. Like he's one of the most prolific strikeout guys in the game as a starter, but he was not walking anybody either. And his results were fantastic. And he actually had a pretty interesting little velo increase as well. So, I mean, things were trending in a really good direction for him. And then he has that unfortunate injury. So now the Blue Jays without those two guys, and they're looking at, you know, probably starting Ross Stripling against you guys in one of those two weekend games. Um, and then the other one, it might be a guy named TJ Zoik, who you might not be that familiar with, who is a former first round pick, but he's kind of like a developmental project for the Blue Jays, but doesn't miss many bats throws a sinker, doesn't throw particularly hard. Like he's a bit of a strange profile in today's game. The Blue Jays are excited about him, but those of us who have watched him pitch for, you know, a number of years uh, have our questions and are a little bit skeptical as to how well he'll do it at Yankee Stadium on opening weekend. Or the Blue Jays might throw a bullpen game, like right out of the gates. They might have a guy by the name of Julian Merriweather open for uh, a guy by the name of Trent Thornton. And these are not names I expect Yankees fans to be familiar with, but this is what the Blue Jays are dealing with right now because their other options are Steven Matz, a lefty who has had trouble with home runs. So throwing a lefty against the Yankees lineup uh, at the Bronx, who has had trouble with home runs, probably doesn't look like the greatest recipe for success. And then Tanner Roark, who gave up all kinds of home runs last year. Um, and there's a lot of questions about, you know, how dependable he's going to be this season. So that's your Blue Jays rotation. Like those are their options. So that's why I say the litmus test is going to be after Ryu because you, you can at least feel confident about Ryu. But the next four spots in the rotation, I don't know the Blue Jays fans have a ton of confidence in right now. To be fair, I was more talking about the uh, the Yankees lineup uh, <laughs> as a litmus test against Ryu. But yeah, fair. You're, you're right. <laughs> the um, who's the kid is who's the kid in spring? There was somebody that I read about. And I'm blanking on his name right now. That was a uh, that's had a really good spring training uh, starting pitcher. Is that Alec is that Manoa? Maybe. Who was it? Say it again. Alec Manoa might be. Yeah, I think that was it. That of. was it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, first it's, round. He's pick. not someone who's. Where is he right now in in development in the minors? The thing is, he has like thirteen professional innings to his name, and they're all at yeah. high A, right? Because he kind of got okay. caught up. Uh, you know, he was an eighteen draft pick, pitched a little bit at high A in eighteen, and then lost obviously all of nineteen. Uh, or sorry, lost all of 20, I should say. 2019, uh, whatever yeah, it was, I yeah. I was a year early in those estimates. Regardless, <laughs> the po the point is he doesn't have that many professional innings. And so in 2020, he was at the Jays alternate site. He pitched well there. And now he's finally back in games. And in spring, he's been dominant. But he just doesn't yeah. have that much 
development. So you, you, it's hard to trust him as like a rotation guy for an entire season. I think, look, at Alec Manoa today could be a closer in the big leagues. Like he has a, an amazing fastball and a six slider. Like he could get big league hitters out for sure. But could he hold down a rotation spot over a full season? That's a massive question right now. So the Blue Jays are going to send him off to continue developing. Is he on the 40 or is, would, no. would he need to bump someone? No. So he's a guy that, you know, maybe a, a Tanner Rourke or, or one of these other veteran guys, we, 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 you guys roll them out for the first couple months, uh, you know, get, get beyond some uh, control dates so they're happy, everybody's happy and, and, and then him come up potentially. Is that I, I don't think it would see? be that fast for him, man. Like really? Manoa, okay. I would think maybe a bullpen option over the second half of the season, like towards the back end. Is a possibility, but like, you know, if Roark like just is getting shelled and gets DFA'd, if somebody else gets hurt, you're going to see names like, you know, Thomas Hatch coming in or Joey Murray. You know, they're not going to be names that the fans are necessarily familiar with. Like Trent Thornton might enter the rotation. Um, you know, they're not going to be got, you know, kind of premium prospect type of guys. They're going to be sort of developmental projects that have been with the club for a long time. Like that's been a hard thing for this club has been um, producing that, that young pitcher who can just be a dependable, like league average dude and just carry, you know, 120, 130 innings at like a four and a half ERA. It's not, not, asking for a ton right yeah, we just have yeah. trouble you know uh, uh developing that guy and producing that guy so anthony k another guy from you know who they got from the mets and the stroman mets, deal yeah. is just he would get opportunities first like that's the layer of depth that you would be seeing before you see uh someone like a manoa or you know another kid like a Simeon woods richardson who's also a top prospect You've heard us talking about it before, and we're back again to talk to you about hosting your own podcast here at Blue Wire. And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everybody the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show posted out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, which is just your hosting fee. That's the same rate as all other hosting sites would charge you to, for an initial setup. So you're going to be paying that anyway. So you might as well be doing it at Blue Wire Hustle, where you get all those other great features I just mentioned. 
So if you're ready to do more than just listening to me and Scott talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into this program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, you can go to bwhustle.com join. You can check out the description box for this episode and find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. Again, check it out in the show notes if you are interested. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all gone through a lot over the past year plus with COVID. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area. And it's available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily to see for yourself. Visit betterhelp.com slash bronx21. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. We have a great special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash bronx21. One more time, betterhelp.com slash bronx21. Before we get out of here, a little bit more about these injuries. You guys have been hit by a bug. Um, can you give just some updates? Uh, Springer, Kirby Yates is done, right? He's done for the yep. year. Uh, and then I saw, I got a note in here that Kevin Biggio was dealing with, I guess, a, a pinky or something like that. Is are these guys in, is when Springer coming back? Is he, are, is that going to be an extended period or do we have any idea yet? So the Blue Jays haven't made an official determination on Springer. Springer's injury is kind of interesting in that he has been diagnosed by MRI with a grade two oblique strain. Uh, so like that is a serious injury. But the thing is, George Springer played most of the spring with that injury. He was held out of one game with it because he just was kind of saying, oh, my abdominal is kind of tight. So they're like, yeah, don't go out and play today. And the very next day on like, I think the first pitch he saw of the game, he like ripped it over the left field wall and then went on to take three or four plate appearances and was playing, you know, center field defense and running the bases and looked completely fine. This was before an MRI revealed that he did all that with a grade two oblique strain. So I think George Springer is just a guy who has a really, really high pain tolerance, uh, a really, really high pain threshold. And he is telling the Blue Jays, like, I'm good. I can play with this. I'm not experiencing the symptoms of a grade two oblique strain, but this is now Give multiple. Give me a new MRI machine. Give me a new MRI machine. Well, dude, they've had multiple MRIs now that have shown this. Like he went for a yeah. follow-up that showed, yeah, you have, a, and not like grade one is least severe. This is like moderately severe, grade two oblique strain. So it's just kind of a weird situation for the Blue Jays where they've got this guy saying like, I can play. Put me in the lineup. I'm good. Let me like dig in against Garrett Cole for that first plate appearance of, you know, in the Bronx of, of 20, the 2021 season. And the Blue Jays are almost having to take it out of his hands a little bit and pull the reins on him. So I imagine he'll start the year 
on the IL, and that'll be the Blue Jays' decision rather than George Springer's. Because George Springer wants to play, but the Blue Jays don't want a soft tissue injury just yeah. undercutting his season and getting worse. So even if it's not bothering him that much right now, that's something that could get a lot worse as the season goes on, as Especially you know. Especially in the oblique. Yeah, the oblique is, I mean, for a position player, that's a, that's an area that's uh, that will yeah. only get worse, most likely. So. You even think about um, the times that you swing and you don't make contact with the ball. Like guys have told me those yeah. are the worst with obliques, right? Like when you swing and miss and you have that much force going through and you have to like slow yourself down, those yeah. could really hurt you. So that, that's where swing is at. Change up comes at you. You're trying to check it a little bit yeah. and you're, you're, you're getting that torque in the midsection. Yeah, I could definitely see that as a, as a problem area. All right, man. So, um, I Look, know we you didn't guys touch on good... any of the other injuries. I don't know if you wanted me to or not, but I'd... yeah, go ahead. Uh, what else? What other? Oh, very, very quickly. So the Blue Jays in the Springer, they've lost their franchise center fielder and their best player in Kirby Yates going down to Tommy John surgery. They've lost their closer and best reliever in Nate Pearson and Robbie Ray. They've lost two of their top three starters. And in Kevin Biggio, who's going to be playing with a finger injury, they have a little bit of concern with like their utility guy and like, you know, really kind of the catalyst for their lineup. So it's not great. <laughs> it's not fantastic. Yeah, uh, it, it, a lot, if, I remember it happening too. It was like domino, domino, domino. It was yeah. like it, it was uh, within a two period of time. So, but, but Biggio is playing through it as of now. Yeah, he's playing through it. He said his finger, uh, like, quote, bent the way it shouldn't bend. And he had to have a blister drained. Um, But he's a guy who plays through things. Like, you were kind of alluding to it earlier. Like, he is that that dude for the Blue Jays who kind of makes them go and who plays through anything, plays any position, hits anywhere in the lineup, always gives you a good competitive plate appearance. Like, he really is that, like, lifeblood for them. He's not going to put up George Springer numbers or Bo Bichette numbers or anything, but he is going to put up above league average numbers and you know see a ton of pitches and just do a lot of little small intangible things that really benefit a club so the, he's going to play and i bet she's going to find a way to be productive too he's the, the ronnie lot just just cut it off let me play just cut it off get rid of it it doesn't yeah. need to be there um no i love it all right so uh last thing what are let's hit some predictions here what do you the, how do you see the al east shaking out I think the Blue Jays are going to win 87 games, and I think they're going to finish third in the AL East. And I think the Yankees are going to win the AL East, and I think the Rays are going to finish second. I don't know why everybody is doing their annual sleep on the Rays thing. Like, learn from it's, your mistakes. Yes. Learn Everybody's like, I don't care how many pitchers they've lost. They just replace them with somebody else. That's they have it. a it paper towel year. dispenser of like yeah. dudes who throw high 90s with wicked spinning breaking stuff and they just keep pulling new ones out and they ca- totally they throw agree. away the Snell and they throw away the Morton and like here comes another dude. It's just what they do. So I will I refuse to sleep on the Rays. I think they'll finish second. I think the Blue Jays finish third with 87 wins. I think the Red Sox will be better than people expect. I think they'll probably win like 82, 83 games. I don't think they're going to be as bad as That's people That's a lot think. of wins for four teams in the AL East, though. That's a lot of wins. Oh, for sure. I think the AL East is going to be really good. I think it's going to be really good forever. And I think it has been really good forever, right? Like That's just what that division is. But I do think the Yankees lineup is just on another level. So I have yeah. them winning the East. All right. Um, poor Baltimore Orioles. I have uh, I have the similar. I think the exact same, actually. I have I have Yankees. I think it's going to be tighter. Um with the with the with the Rays than everybody thinks, and I and you know the Blue Jays were pesky last year, and they're just going to be that much more pesky. I feel like they have of the all the teams they have like that 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 
that confidence level that scares me a little bit with yeah. because their young talent is so damn good that if they have some things go right, they could be really dangerous. So I think they're on the cusp of being very dangerous. And you say 88, I think they're not that far off from winning, you know, 95 to, you know, even, even higher than that and flipping with the Rays. I could see that happening and it wouldn't totally surprise me either. I'm at 87 and I think that they'll enter that 90-ish win territory after the like inevitable lockout or strike or whatever we're going to, you know, the work stoppage that we're going to get. Well, I think right. the next, next uh, free agency, you're going to see them like make another big splash beyond yeah. Springer. And then they need to figure out Pearson and, you know, Manoa and uh, Simeon Woods Richardson, Adam Clough and Steen, another high upside pitching prospect. They need to advance some of these really good pitching prospects and get them pitching in, in the majors and address their staff. But you're right about the confidence. Like you're right about the cockiness of this group. Like they will tell you that they are coming into this season to win a World Series. Like they yeah. want trophies, they want championships, they want rings. Like that's what they're going to do. They just, you know, um, renovated, uh, basically rebuilt from scratch their player development complex, like their complex in, in Florida. And they put up all the banners from, you know, 92 World Series, 93 World Series playoff appearances in 15, 16, and then they just have empty banners hanging in the weight room, which are meant to like, you know, motivate players to be like, we're putting something on that soon. And it's, you know, they have all the phrases on the walls all, all over this place about winning championships and the drive to win and we're going to be a problem and this, that and the other. So these kids are, are confident and they're hungry and they're cocky and they think they're going to win a lot sooner than, than people like you and I do. All right, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Arden, thanks, man, for coming on again. This was uh, always a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this year. I think the AL East uh, is going to be a dogfight again, and it's going to be fun to watch. It really is. I think there's a lot of fun talent just up and down those teams, even Baltimore. Maybe they'll sneak out a couple guys that we don't even know about that are uh, <laughs> that, that surprise us. So, um, thanks again for coming on, guys. If you want to follow Arden and uh, and what's going on in the Blue Jays, um, uh, at Arden Zwelling on Twitter. But uh, yeah, man, appreciate your time. Thanks, man. Good to be here. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.